Mabakama Daf Kofyod Aleph, the last thing we're discussing, the Mishnah and Daf Kofyod said that if someone stole from a ger and he lied to him he had, uh, and the ger died, you have to give the money to the Kohanim, then you have to give a Korban Asham. If he's bringing the Korban Asham to Yerushalayim and he dies on the way, the, the money goes to the Yoshim and the Korban Asham grazes until it gets hurt and then you use that money, uh, that you can sell that animal and use that money uh, for Nidava. Once the money goes to the, the Kohen family, at that point, Yoshim can't take back the money. We said there was some sort of kapara done over there. And with that, we're going to start Kof Yod Aleph, Amud Aleph. Two lines in, uh, at the end of the line by the two dots, where it says, If someone gave the money to family number one of the Kohanim, and then he then two, three days later, he gave the Korban to family number two, we said that counts. And the Gemara says, Tanura Bana Natana Shamli Yari Vikesef Lidaya Yahzir Kesef Itsela Sham the Vir Buda. If he gave the Korban to family number one and then he gave the money to family number two, you have to give the money back to family number one according to Rabbi Huda. The Hachamim Umrim Yahzir Asham Itsel Kesef and Hakim say opposite. You give that Korban to where the money is by family number two because the money is more important over here. And now the Gemara has a question. Hechidami, what are we talking about? If we're saying you gave the Asham to the family of Yoharim during the time of Yoharim, meaning you gave the Korban first on week number one to family number one, and then he came week number two and he gave the money to whoever Kohen was there and happened to be family number two on week number two, why are we punishing anyone? They both got what was coming to them, meaning they were there, they just took the money, what's the problem, meaning, I understand according to Rabbanan, you want to punish Yohiyari for taking the Asham before the money, I get it, but according to Rabbi Yehuda, she asks, why would you punish Yadaya? listen, they just took the money, they, they, they didn't know if the guy gave a Korban last week, this week, so the Gemara explains, Amar Askinan, you gave the Korban Asham to Yariv during family, during family number one's week. And you gave the money to family number two during week number one. And now the Mahloket is, who do you punish? Rabbi Yudah holds, listen, it's not Yudah's family's week, they, they, they can't take the money. And therefore, we punish Yudah. Therefore, you have to give the money to whoever holding the Hashem, you have to give it to family number one, Yoyariv. And Rabbanan say, hey, Family number one, Yoyariv. You should never have taken that korban before you take the money. Therefore, we're punishing you. And we're going to give the korban to wherever the money is. And Tanya Amar Rabbi, Rabbi said, according to Rabbi Yehuda, where you have to give the money back to Yoyariv, they're holding the korban Hashem because you took the money at the wrong week. If the family of Yoyariv went ahead and gave the Korban Asham when they were not supposed to, then the thief has to give another Korban, and the people of Yedaya have to give it, and Yoyari's family, they got the first Asham, it's theirs, that's it. And Amre, the Mahazeb, the asks, what's this Asham for? Meaning, Asham Pasulu. It's no good, the whole Asham is void. So Amar Aval, Le'oro. Okay, at least they get the hide. 
And that's only according to Yudah, but according to Rabbanan, they wouldn't even get the hide. Tanya Amar Abil, Divrer Yudah, according to Yudah, Im Kayam Asham, if the Asham is still around, Yahzir Asham itself, Kesef, you give the Asham back to whoever's holding the money, family number two. The Arab Yudah, Yahzir Kesef, itself Asham Itle, but didn't Rabbi Yudah say that you give the money back to where the Asham is? So the Gemara explains, Here we're talking about a situation where the family of, of Yehoyariv passed and they never asked for the money. And therefore the Hashem goes to Yedayah. And what's the Hilush here? Meaning if they didn't give that Korban during their week, they forgo that korban to the family of Yedaya, and therefore the money that the Asham will go to the money. That's how he explains it. Tanya Idach. Here's another one. According to if the Asham is still around, the money will go back to Asham. It's the opposite of what we said before. Well, Peshita, obviously, that's his Shita. So, what's the Hidush over here that Rabbi trying to say? The Gemara explains, What are we dealing with? Let's say both families passed. That's already in week three. And Yehoyariv never asked Yedaya for the money, and Yedaya never asked Yehoyariv for the Asham. I would have thought, Maybe they just forgot each other. You get to keep the Asham, we'll keep the money. We're going to say that since nobody asked anything from anybody, therefore we're going to step in and say that the money is going to go wherever the Hashem is and the people of Yehoyariv will now uh, be in control. Meaning it's going to go back all the way to person number one. So although it's uh, week number three, it's going to go back to family number one. Next, we learn the Mishnah, If someone gave the money before giving the korban, that counts. But if you do the opposite, you give the korban before the money, that doesn't count. So the Gemara asks, how do we know that? So Amar Avad, Amar Kira, because the Pasuk says straight out, You have to give back the Hashem, the theft that you stole, give it back to Hashem, to the Kohen, except for the korban. And we're understanding that the korban is still alive. Michlal de chesef beresha. So we understand the money goes first. That's how we understand the pasuk. And the gemara's question: Amara hu mirabanan deraba. One rabbi asked Rabba, "Ela meata." Okay, according to you, it's in regards to korbanot milleibad olah taboker, except for the olah of the morning. Well, hachanami michlal de musafin beresha. Then according to you, the musaf should go first because we're talking about musaf, and they're saying except for the korban in the morning. How does that make sense? We have a bright that says, How do we know nothing goes before the Korban Tamid of the morning? Meaning, this is the first Korban of the day. So, how can you understand that Milivad means that the later is still around? So, Amadera explains, I learn it from the words going to the future, meaning the Adain Lokipe. Right now they didn't do a kapara yet because they couldn't give the Korban Asham yet. And that's how I know that the money goes first. Next we learn the Mishnah, Natano Takeren. If you gave the principal, you didn't give the fifth yet, the fifth doesn't stop from the Korban from happening. Tanura Banan, Minain Shim Hevi Meilato, Velo Hevi Ashamo, Ashamao, Velo Hevi Meilato, Shelo Yatsa. How do we know that if someone had benefit from Kodesh and he gave a Korban for his Meila, for his benefit of Kodesh, and he didn't give his Korban Asham, or he gave the Asham, didn't give the Meila, how do we know that he did not do this mitzvah? He's not Yusir Hobat, Amud Lomar, Be'el Hashem, Venis Lahlo. 
and it sounds like there's no seliha, there's no forgiveness unless you give the ayl for the kapara and the asham, meaning the principal plus the, uh, the extra. So how do we know that if you gave your asham before giving your me'ila, which is the principal, how do we know that you're not yet to the chavat? When it says be'el ha'asham, the asham that already happened. Now, now maybe the same way the Rem and the Asham, they stop the Seliha from happening. Maybe the same thing with the fifth. Also, if you don't give it, you don't get your Kaparat. Meaning, when it comes to Kaparat Hekdesh, it's only the Rem, meaning the, the Asham, which is the, the principle. That makes a big difference. But the fifth doesn't. And we're going to learn Hekdesh from something simple like Gezel Ager. We're going to learn Gezel Ager, something simple from Hekdesh. We'll learn Hekdesh Mediot. What's the Hekdesh going to learn from the something simple, which is the Gezel Ager? The same way that Hashem by Gezel Ager is the principle. Same thing by Hekdesh. It's also a principle. Hashem is the principle. And we're going to learn the simple, meaning Gezel Ager from Hekdesh. The same way by Hekdesh. That extra fifth doesn't make a difference. Meaning you still get your kapara. Same thing by by Gezlager. If you did not yet give that extra fifth, you're still Yotzeye Dehova. Hadran Allah Hagozel Aitzim, and now we're starting the tenth parak of Masechet Baba Kama. Hagozel Machil Banav. If someone stole something and gave it to his children to eat, or or he left it for them, let's say as an inheritance. So peturin milishalim, they don't have to pay, and the Gemara will explain why. But if it's something that has a lien, there's responsibility over, then we have to pay. The Gemara will explain that too. And the Gemara starts, If someone stole and the the person who was stolen from did not give up on it, did not despair, and now someone else came and ate it from the thief, the original owner could get his payment either from the thief or the person who ate it. Because my tama, what's the reason? Because 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 as long as the original owner didn't uh, give up on it, it still belongs to him, and therefore anyone else who ate from it then it, it, they ate from the original owner. Even though the per, uh, person number one stole it, still, it belongs to the owner. Now, if the original owner gave up on it, then he could only collect payment from the thief. That's the way Tosfor explains it. Now, like, man has a question. Tenan, we learned in our Mishnah. If someone stole, gave his children to eat, or he even left it for them as inheritance, we said it, 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 uh, they, they don't have to pay. Now this goes against Rav Hasda. Rav Hasda held he could get either from the thief or the person who ate it, whoever it is. And our Mishnah said they are patur. So Amar Rav Hasda, When the Mishnah said that the children are patur, that's after Yush. That means the father stole it, the, the original owner gave up on it, and then the children ate it, and at that point they're patur. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, If you left it over as an inheritance, they are exempt from paying. What do we understand from the fact that Yorish doesn't have to pay? 
רשות יורש כרשות לוקח דמה. That an inheritor, a child who inherits something from his father, is as if he bought it. In a sense where if there's Yehush, despair, plus a change of possession, Shinui Reshut, okay, the Yetomim were Zochet and they don't have to return it. And Tosfot explains that's only if uh, it, it's, not, uh, it's not still there, meaning if it was money and they spent it or it's not the same money or if they already ate it. But if, if the item is still around, they'd have to give it back. Rabba Amar, Rishut Yoresh, Lav Kereshut Lokech Dame. Rabba says that inheritor is not like a buyer. What are we dealing with over here? Where they already ate it. Meaning we never stole it, we just ate what our father put on the table. So since they never stole it, then, then the owner never has a claim on them. To Rava, the big difference is if it's if they ate it or not. If they ate it, then they don't have to give it back. If it, they didn't eat it, then they would have to give it back. So now the Gemara has a question on Rava. But the Sefa says, If it's something with responsibility, meaning something that everyone knows about, like a shirt, like a, a talit, something, they have to give it back for their father's kavod. It sounds like the first part of the Mishnah is talking about something that is still around, and still if it has nothing to do with their father's kavod, they can keep it, they don't have to give it back. And it's not like Rabbah said, depends if they ate it or not. So Amar Lach Rabbah, would explain to you, that hachikamar. This is what we're trying to say. The resha, the first part's talking about where they ate it, and that's where they patur. The sefa, we're not talking about the theft that's still there, like a talit or 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 shirt. Hachikamar. This is what we're trying to say. That if their father left them land, something with responsibility, something with a lien, real estate, then they have to pay because land is leaned to a theft. It's connected already while the father was still alive. Once he stole something, his land becomes connected to the theft, meaning if the, if the original owner wants to come to collect, he's going to collect from the land, so the land's already connected. Now, the one has a question on that. Didn't Rabbi teach his son, Rabbi Shimon, that we're not talking about actual land? Even if the stolen item is a cow that uh, the thief uh, plows with, or it's a donkey that he carries his things on, the Yatomim have to give it back out of kavod for their father, because everyone's going to look at that cow and say, yeah, that's the cow that their father stole, that's the donkey that their father stole. So it's a question on Rava, who said hey, we're talking about land. Ela Amarava rather Rava explained that Kishachivna Ribioshayana Fiklevati when I pass away, Ribioshaya is gonna come greet me. Why the Taritna Matnitin Kabate? Because I according to Tosfot, I have a Shitav always explaining the Mishnayot according to Ravoshaya. The Taner Bioshaya, Ribioshayato and his Braithot, Hagozel Machilet Banav Pitun Milashalim. If someone stole, give it to the children to eat, they don't have to pay. But if he left them an actual item, Hayavin, they have to give it back. If the item is still not, is not there anymore, they, they're exempt, they don't have to pay. If the father left them assets with a responsibility, meaning land, then they have to pay it. So you see that Voshaya holds that we're talking about land. 
And when I said what I said, it was according to Rabbi Oshaya. Amar Mor, we learned in the Braita before, and a gezela kayemet peturin. So in the Braita of Rabbi Oshaya, we said, if the theft is not intact anymore, it's not here anymore, then they're exempt. It sounds like this argument of Rav Hasta, who said that if someone ate it, then he could get it from here, he could get it from there, whoever he wants. So Amar Rav Hasda, no, Kitanya, either Hariush, Rav Hasda can always explain, Rabbi Oshaya's Braita is always talking about after Yush, and that's why he could only get it from the, the thief, and that's in the thief is not alive anymore, only his children, that's why they're patur. Next, Amar Mor Gezela Kayemet Hayavin Shalem. We learned in the Brita of Rabbi Oshaya, if the item that that was stolen is still around, they have to pay it back. Barhamat says like this argues on Rame Barhamat. Rame Barhamat said that a Yoresh inheritor is like a buyer. And according to him, there was despair, there was a change of possession, she knew it should. So then why why would they have to pay? The fact that Rabbi Oshaya says they have to pay, it sounds like they argue on Rame Barhamat who said they're patur. So Amad Rame Barhamat, Rame Barhamat will explain himself. Kitanya, he, that Mishnah, Rabbi Oshaya, and that's Lifnei Yush. That's where the father left it uh, for them before the original owner despaired. And there was no Yush. So even though there was a Shinui Rashut, that's not good enough. But if he left it after Yush, then okay, Yush plus Shinui Rashut, then they would be Patur. Now, Ravadabarava fixed everything by explaining that what Rame Barhama said was on the following Braita, where if a father left over money of Ribit to the children, even if they know for a fact that it's Ribit money, they don't have to give it back. And over there, that's where Ami Barhama said that an inheritor is like a buyer, and that was a change of possession. And that's why the children don't have to give back. Tosfor explains that even though the borrower gave the money willingly, it's still uh, it's one big mistake, and it uh, and they got to the lender uh, in a prohibited fashion. Therefore, it's totally asur. That's answer number two. Rabah, here's answer number three. We can always explain that inheritor is not like a buyer. And yes, the children have to give back. Vishani Hacha over here by Rabita is different. Because the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, do not take an interest from a borrower. And then it ends off, let your brother live with you. You give it back to him so he could, he could live with you. The Pasuk warns the, the father, the thief himself, but the warning is not for his children. That's why they don't have to give back their the interest. Now, who said that Rame Bahama's words were on the Braita and the reason they don't have to give it they don't have to give back the Rebit is because Rishut the inheritors like a buyer and all the more so that Ravadabarava would say that Rame Bahama's words are on the Mishnah. The reason the children don't have to pay back a theft is because they're like a buyer. However, but whoever says that Rameh Barhamah's words was going on the Mishnah, and the Mishnah said they're patur, and there's no other way to explain it except to say that they're like a buyer, 
But in the Braitan, in regards to Ribit, Rameh Barhama Kirabah Matne you have to say that Rameh Barhama holds like Rabah, that the only reason they're Patur is because the Rashav, the Pasuk, is only going on the thief, not his children. So this text that we have in the Gemara is the normal text, and Rashi, in his first Perush, explains the Sugya based on this text. Rashi also brought another text where it's the exact opposite, and he brings as follows. Mande matne la matnitin, whoever brings Rameh Bahama's words on the Mishnah, kol sheken abraita, all the more so on the Braita. Our Mishnah is talking about where they already ate it, and our Braita is talking about where they're still around, the Rebit still around. And still, in both cases, they're patur because they're shut yoreshkeh And whoever brings Rameh Bahama's words on the Braita in regards to Rebit, but in regards to the Mishnah, Rameh Bahama could explain that they already ate it like Rava. Now here's where it gets tricky. Rashi says that the first perush, the one I explained in the, uh, when I originally wrote down, is the is the the one that he heard. That's the important one. That's the ikar. Now the Bach changes Rashi's words and he says that Rishon Shamati. I heard the first one, but the second perush is the, is the correct one. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.